Welcome to the Church of Mabus Radio Show. It's a Friday night. This United Public Radio 107.7 New Orleans. And uh, we got Jay here with us tonight. How's it going, Jeffrey? It's going, 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 gone. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we're still alive, though. And uh, Putin hasn't nuked us yet. And uh, hasn't been no. a Trumple Gooch Civil wait, War. Wait until so. the 8th. So. <laughs> No Trumple Gooch at Civil Wars yet, but tonight's guest, uh, Don Brunke. Did I say that right, Don? Uh, not Brunke. 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 But Brunke. Brunke sounds kind of exotic, so that's we, we can go with that. Well, I'm from Georgia, so Brunke, Brunke. <laughs> but what 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 is your nationality? It sounds Swedish or something. That's not right. What is uh, it? No, my husband. It's my husband's last name, German. Yeah. Your husband's so German. Okay, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Okay, and your book is, it was great to have you back. Uh, thanks so much. Sure. Always a pleasure with uh, Inner Traditions. And uh, Shadow Animals, How Animals We Fear Can Help Us Heal, Transform, and Awaken. So, uh, last book you did The Serpent. So, right, right. Uh, what got you so into animals? I mean, you definitely are uh, loving the animals, which is great. I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, how I really got started a long time ago, and this is over two decades ago, is um, I, I'm from originally from Wisconsin. I came to Alaska, and I was hired to be the editor of a health and wellness magazine. And one of the articles was about a woman who talked to animals. And I thought, whoa, that's kind of interesting. So I interviewed her, and I ended up interviewing a lot of different people who did this, who knew that there were such people as animal communicators. And this is way back in the day, right, 25 years ago. So it wasn't a big thing like it is now. And that's really how I got into the whole field of um, connecting with animals and ourselves at deeper levels. Would you consider it shamanic? Like it's kind of like medicine, right? I know that in shamanism, I have a lot of those animal cards, animal medicine cards and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So it's yeah. like dealing with their well, energies. Yeah, I mean, uh, shamanism is a little different and animal communication is more of a, I would say it's an art and a science. So you're, te you're telepathically connecting with an animal. I kind of think of myself as a translator. So I'm oftentimes dealing with a human on one end of the line and the animal on the other. And I'm... I'm tuning into the animal's emotions, its feelings, its energy, sometimes its physical body, sometimes its emotional body. And I'm translating that, if you will, into, you know, English for the human at the other end. So, yeah, but but there are, I mean, I definitely would say I do work with animals uh, shamanically, and I use that term loosely in the terms of, um, you know, dreaming with animals or kind of voyaging or journeying with animals. Um, with physical animals as well as animal spirits and animal energies, yeah. And what do you mean by shadow animal teachers or shadow animal? Right, so shadow animals are the ones, they're a specific type of animal teacher, and I really kind of got into this because of my book of snake, because snake is oftentimes, you know, feared by people. So our shadow animals are the, are the animals that we fear, that we feel uncomfortable with, that triggers something inside of us that makes us fearful or or upset yeah so there's no necessarily you know uh, a, an animal isn't a shadow animal in and of itself we make it a shadow animal right do you understand yes. by kind of projecting our fears upon that animal yeah so we have individual shadow animals you know one person might really dislike alligators or 
or snakes, and then we have kind of collective shadow animals, animals that as a group we kind of feel, hmm, yeah, we don't want them in our houses, you know, rats, for example, or bats. So, so there's both individual and collective, yeah. So what can you tell us about spider? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think it helps to look at the animal itself rather than our ideas about the animal. So spider is, there's, um, you know, probably, uh, I think I when I did my shadow chapter, I read that about a third of all humans feel uncomfortable with spiders or fear spiders. And yet they're so tiny, huh? Are you a spider? Yeah. So what I, is I, it that? I, I like them. They're ugly. I don't like them for one thing. They're ugly. They scare the hell out of me. I like what they do. I just don't like them doing it anywhere near me. You know? I like yeah. them. I like them. I just, yeah, I like them. I just don't want them. Don't crawl up my leg. <laughs> don't want them on me. I like them though. Yeah, yeah. I don't want them on me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and the spiders don't really want to be on you either. You know, nothing yeah. personal, but <laughs> you're not food to them. You're not that interesting to them, right? If they were big enough, you know, like in the in the Hobbit movie, if they were big enough, they would eat us. Yeah, but they're not. That's fantasy, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we don't know. I mean, since they're there's skeletons on the outside, any giant fossils, unless they got stuck in the mud and turned into rock, there could have been spiders as large as you know dogs and deer and that size way, way, way back when there was more yeah. oxygen on the planet. But there's the way the planet is now. There's not enough oxygen for creatures that size to exist, um, not in any large numbers. Though there are things like Mokalia mbembe, who's allegedly a dinosaur living somewhere in Africa. And then there's the Loch Ness monster, which is probably a plesiosaur living somewhere underneath the ocean, and inside, you know, the the great deep lakes of Upper Scotland. But uh, other than that, no, there's there are no giant creatures other than what's in the sea. So you don't have to worry about spiders. No, not this. Just a little tiny one. Is good. Tiny. And you know, from what I've heard, in, in, huh? in the same same respect on arachnids, uh, the, the scorpions are in that same uh, genophile. And they say that if you get bitten by a scorpion, if it's really, really small, don't keep it to yourself. You know, let someone else know. Otherwise, okay. you're gone. I've been stung by a scorpion before in the bed where I used to live, and it's not fun. <laughs> I don't even know how I got there somehow. It's like it just crawled up there, but it sucked. So tell us about the exercises. Each chapter has an exercise. Is it kind of like a meditation? I mean, what can you tell us about the spider, the exercise, or any of the exercises? Yeah, well, the spider exercise has to do with um, really a kind of a, a bare bones way of dealing with shadow. And maybe we should talk about shadow, too, in a moment, about what that is. Um, the, the exercises are varied. Some are meditations. Some are asking questions about, you know, what is it about spider that you really fear? And it's, it's, it's kind of getting a little bit deeper than the superficial of, oh, I just don't like them. You know, what is it specifically about spiders? Because they're so fast because you don't like the looks of them, because they're hairy, because they have eight eyes, you know? These are all specific things. And then where do you feel that in your body? If you saw, if you saw a spider, if a spider started crawling up your hand, what would you feel? Oh, definitely, I mean, I've got almost paralyzation, um, but, uh, you know, fight or flight kicks in and I usually, you know, swipe it off and in the process wind up killing it, kept trying to get it off of me, but you know, that's not the intention. I'd rather it just, not come anywhere near me and it is the looks um yeah and, and yeah. strangely enough um you know the spiders scare the hell out of me but my favorite superhero is spider-man <laughs> so mm -hmm. you know ha having 
the fantasy of being bitten by a radioactive spider and gaining their their abilities and, and powers and be able to climb walls and spin webs fascinates me but it's fantasy realm and but you know in reality it just i would rather not ever 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 see one uh, again yeah. i like what they do just i would rather they did it so far away from me that i never ever even see them one of the premises of the book is phobias are built on um ignorance ignorance about the animal so you don't know a lot about i don't know if you've ever researched spiders or I've thought about that, yeah. spiders I have. <laughs> because that can be very helpful and it can help you see the animal for itself rather than through the lens of your projection or your ideas or your beliefs about the animal and that's one way a lot of people a lot of uh psychologists and well just people in general who work with phobias help people overcome a phobia is by really learning a little bit more about that animal realizing that you know um there's just so there's a very small chance uh what where are you in also in uh, florida or new orleans i'm in pennsylvania where, oh you're in pennsylvania so i don't know if you have dangerous spiders there we don't here in alaska i'm in florida we, we have brown recluses and okay, uh, black widows yeah. um and, yeah. and if you're allergic to either one of them they, they will kill you black and the brown you know, recluse, whether you're it's allergic true. or not they will they will really mess up wherever they bite you it's true and so really what working with the shadow is, is it's removing your trigger, removing that knee jerk reaction to, I gotta get it, I gotta kill it, I gotta get it away. It's, you know, moving into a space where you're a little bit more balanced and you still might not like spiders. And, you know, if you see a brown recluse in your, in your suitcase, you're not gonna stick your hand in there, right? No. But it allows you to have more of a peaceful attitude about it um, and, and um, act appropriately, you know, not irrationally with the spider does that make sense it, it does but i mean I, I mean i have actually looked into them and studied them i was fairly well versed in um high school biology and, and learning about creatures and uh you know it's not anything about the creature that scares me it's just the the creature itself it's just the way that, that their physical looks just and that they're they're pretty much very very quiet uh except for there is when i <laughs> When I worked in a, a warehouse and when I first moved back up to Maryland, uh, we used to get these uh, shipping containers or shipments of, of goods from China. And these, I want to say glassy, they're kind of they're almost see-through. They can like, you can see the muscle through their exoskeleton, mm. uh, but they're, they're so hard when they ran across the concrete floor, you could hear them skittering yeah. across the floor. So they yeah. weren't as scared because you, they can't sneak up on you because they make so much noise. But every other spider that I'm aware of in, in at least native to my area here in the east, uh, they, you don't hear them coming <laughs> until they're on top of you or right on you. So mm -hmm. that's really, I think, where does the main fear comes from is that they, they're just able to just show up out of nowhere. And then you're, you look, there's nothing there. And then you look back and it's there. And it's it's that you know yeah. knee jerk reaction. That, Holy cow, I got to get rid yeah. of it. Yeah, I understand. And I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it, it would make me jittery too just to see something like that. Um, so if you're interested in working with your shadow, then you would ask yourself questions about, you know, what is, what else is it within me that, um, uh, that fears something that's hidden and all, all of a sudden comes into play, you know? So, so you kind of deepen with it, you work with it in deeper ways. Um, cause it's really not the spider that's the issue. The, it's the spider is representing what the fear is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I know it can't really hurt me. Um, you know, again, except for like a brown recluse, I know the, the bite is extremely painful and mm -hmm. whatever it bites turns necrotic and dies on you. But, and I've never been bitten by one, but you know, I just the, the notion that um, 
if you're not aware of it being near you and it bites you, uh, you're in for some pretty serious medical repercussions. So okay. that, that in itself isn't necessarily um, an irrational fear, but, um, you know, you, no, that's not it, you, it gives you enough respect to go, oh, I recognize what that is. I better either get away from it or scoop it up somehow and throw it out the window. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, we have the same thing with snakes and there's other animals very similar that have that same you know that silent kind of approach and um and that they can surprise us and, and scare us yeah yeah snakes, snakes don't really bother me so much i mean i actually have a, um you probably can't see it i have a, a small scar right here in the web between my fingers um and when i was a kid we were in florida for a couple of years and i happened to see and i was like four three or four happened to see a snake crawling across the front porch of our house in florida and i reached down to grab it you know like that and he bit me right there Mm-hmm. And I thought I was a goner. So I run into the house and tell my mom, oh, I just got bit by a snake. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. So again, not an irrational fear, but I was three or four, not knowing what it was. And we came back out. My mom saw what the snake was, and it was a baby garter snake, mm-hmm. which are, are constrictors. They don't have poison. But mm-hmm. he had a, a, an egg tooth. They have an egg tooth that comes out the front that they get out of the egg with. So he was fresh. I mean, he was probably maybe a couple of days old at most, maybe, I don't know, three or four inches long. Uh, but my mom gave me a book on snakes, and when I was three or four years old, I started to read up on snakes from that early age. So they don't scare me as much as they might startle me if I'm walking through the woods and not, not aware. Yeah. But uh, that, I'm not afraid of them, and I know I'm pretty close on, on identifying whether it's a, a biter or a constrictor. And so I know which ones to avoid. And up here, when I grew up in Maryland, we had, um, we had water moccasins and copperheads, which are Water moccasins are only aggressive really in the water. Um, they're land cousins, the, the cottonmouth, they're aggressive on land. And then there's the copperhead, which is aggressive no matter where it is in Maryland. They will actively attack you no matter how big you are because they're just, they're territorial. Um, so I've, I've been able to avoid all those three kinds of deadly snakes running through the woods with my friends. Um, so I, I respect the animal, but it doesn't, it doesn't scare me unless it you know, pops up out of nowhere and just startles the hell out of me. We all have our own individual shadow animals, things that trigger us, just like we all have our individual uh, triggers in the world, you know. Um, should we talk about shadow just for a bit? Sure. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah, I would love to hear what you what you thought. Yeah, about you know, it's a psychological term, and the shadow refers to all those parts of ourselves that we prefer not to identify with. So it could be shame or guilt or arrogance or weakness, whatever ego deflating qualities we don't want to see about ourselves we tend to hide away so the shadow holds everything that we've kind of judged to be bad or that we've disowned so it could be our secret fears it could be our repressed emotions hidden prejudices um, or maybe not even hidden prejudices dark beliefs things like that and we really create our shadow very early in life you know when we're little kids two years old and our parents and our teachers want us to be, you know, smart and good and obedient. And so we learn very early kind of some, uh, how to like stuff um, the parts of ourselves that aren't valued away. There's a poet by the name of Robert Bly and he calls that uh, shadow of the long bag we drag behind us. So it's all the stuff that we, sh- that we sh- push away, that we shove away. And that gets progressively longer and larger the more we live, you know, because we're in grade school, you know, kids have certain cool things and not. We learn to push uncool things in there. High school, 
when we marry, our college, whatever it is, whatever group we're associated with, you know, there's judgments about how to be in the world. And so um, it can include, you know, we can have shadow material about other races, other countries, other nationalities, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So how does, what, what's the problem with that? Well, the shadow is all of those exiled cells, all that disowned cells that we kind of don't want to look at. And it does come out, however, it's part of us. And the way it kind of sneaks out subconsciously is that we project it onto the outer world. So if you want to know what your shadow is, all you have to look at is what triggers you in the outer world. You know, is it the pompous politician, the in driver, you know, the person who talks too much or boasts too much, whatever that is, whatever that trigger you have in the world, and we all have it, uh, shows us a reflection of our shadow material. Of what our shadow is. Does it make sense? Yeah, it does. And so, I mean, as far as animals go, there really aren't that many that scare me. Um, you know, the, the spiders for sure. And then there's like some of the really, really, really strange, even uglier things like the false cape, the false uh, crickets, uh, that they call cave spiders, pedipalps. They're like large discs with like six. Uh, it's like in the in the Harry Potter movie. He's the one bug he takes and he makes it grow big and he makes it and he hurts it in front of the class with the spells. That, that kind of thing is, you know, you only find them in caves, uh, but wow, those things are, they're deadly scary to me. <laughs> I'm glad they don't, uh, they don't really come out in uh, civilized areas. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, as far as people go, I think people are a lot scarier than even spiders to me. Um, but you probably have a specific type of person you're thinking of as your as what you're uncomfortable with or what you fear about people. What you know, if there's an aspect of it, right? Yeah, and generally that revolves around their religion for one thing. Um, uh, more, you know, more things that have happened bad in this country, in this planet, have happened due to some difference in religion. Um, you know, you look at the Crusades. There's what a thousand years of uh, or 500 different crusades against different people uh just because it's one group didn't like the other group's message you know i mean it's that yeah you're right i mean that's key shadow material isn't it it's mm-hmm. it's it's us versus them it's an us versus them mentality and you can have that with religion with race with political groups you know whatever it is mm-hmm. and it's sort of a um you know a belief that they're wrong they're bad they're you know they're incorrect um and if you stay at that level in the yeah you'll have that you'll be forever triggered by you know whoever mm. the bad people are you know um without without maybe getting to know them at deeper levels you know just because we have a label on us doesn't really mean that we're um we're not human and we don't have ideas and we don't have redeeming qualities you know right yeah, that, that's true. Um, but there are some people I think that just have no redeemable qualities whatsoever. And most of those people, thank God, are they've been caught and put in jail and aren't getting out for a while. So that is, I think, a good thing. And uh, what is there any kind of trickster component to this shadow side? Is that anything you ever got into, like a trickster kind of component? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. So yeah, um, you know, I especially talk about that in terms of coyote and fox uh, with dogs, you know, because the trickster is uh, that aspect that um, it kind of it kind of dances between worlds, doesn't it? So it it goads us into being funny. It, 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 you know, coyote, especially if you look at in the Native American tradition, 
um, gets us to laugh at ourselves, at our own weaknesses, our own uh, mistaken beliefs. Yes. So yeah, I think the shadow, uh, I'm sorry, I think the trickster uh, character can help a lot with exposing our shadow and helping us look at it more clearly. Definitely. Well, uh, it's neat how you have some different chapters, like for instance, uh, scapegoat, reclaiming our projections with the, with the goat. And of course, I'm a Capricorn, so there's some goat stuff going on with me, but what about that one? And then I'm interested in the nightmare one too, like what... Uh -huh. Is nightmare a type of horse? I'm trying to remember that chapter. Like nightmare. Right. It was a little bit of a play on words because I was thinking, oh, the horse would be related to nightmare because mare is yeah. a female horse, but it's really not linguistically. And I say that up front in the chapter, but <laughs> I love yeah. the metaphor, huh? Yeah. You know, it reminds it's me horse. of like uh, the headless horseman's horse. Or yeah. Something. Yeah. That, that is a monster in Dungeons and Dragons. It's in, they're called a nightmare. It's like, oh, it's like a horse from hell that, that demons and things ride. There's a lot of um, uh, horses from hell or horses, you know, demonic type horses in, in legend and mythology. And that's always a great thing to, to look at when you're looking at shadows because we've done it for forever, haven't we? I mean, it, there's always this beast that lives, you know, outside of the village or in the cave or underneath the ocean or somewhere away from us. That's kind of a, a collection of the group shadow, whatever a group's fear is. You you look at you look at their their main monster and you'll see a reflection of their shadow qualities. Yeah. Yeah, and I think deep down in, in our uh, in our flight or flight responses, flight or flight responses, uh, reptiles are one of those things because I, I know for a fact that as we were smaller um, in our earlier uh, anthropology, uh, snakes were large enough to swallow our kind basically whole. So. Um, and that's one of the things that that they actually uh, they talk about in, in retconning and talking about the, the character Chewbacca in Star Wars when he's when they're in the trash compactor and the little underwater snake thing attacks Luke. Um, you can see the fear in the actor playing Chewbacca, how he's scared to death of this unseen snake thing, and they, they replay it back later on in like the in, in uh, their encyclopedia, their their off off uh, off canon lore that on their home world the Wookiees were. You know, hunted by these large snake creatures. So um, I think that's a, a, a deep embedded fear that almost every human is going to have a shadow creature of some sort of snake or reptile. Well, you know, it's interesting. What I'm thinking of when you're telling me that is, um, are you familiar with Kundalini? Kundalini uh, and, is um, vaguely. Jeff it's knows more about it probably than I do. And then, so yeah. it's more in uh, Indian, uh, uh, East, East Indian uh, yeah, uh, the Nagas. Yeah, yeah, the Nagas are uh, kind of uh, divine snake beings. Um, but Kundalini is called the sleeping serpent, and it's an energy wrapped at the base of the spine. And the story goes, when a person is ready for awakening, that energy moves up the spine, almost like a snake, and goes to the crown and helps awaken the person. So there's something about snake that has been connected with humans for a very long time. Yeah positive as well as negative but you know in ancient times snake snake was uh, an advisor to royalty uh often aligned with gods and goddesses we see the snake over the buddha as he meditates you know the cobra head yeah, the, a lot yeah. of the indian gods had snakes that would be they would wear them on their on their arms right you know yes. so snake energy you think of the pharaoh and that um you know that image of the of a snake that comes over the the pharaohs, I forget what the headdress is called. Cobra commander. 
yeah. yeah. Well, so, so snake is very <laughs> positive too, and we see it in mm -hmm. healing. You know, you look in the back of any ambulance, and you're going to see the rod of Asclepius with a snake on it, a single rod with a snake climbing it. It's been a sign of medicine for uh, a very, very long time. Yeah, yeah the, the U.S. government got it wrong. There's, there's two rods. One has two snakes right. going around it. The other has yeah. one. And this yeah. the rod with one snake is the rod of Asclepius. Yeah, he's the one that was the father of medicine. The one with two snakes right. going around it is the caucus. It's the caduceus, and it's a caduceus. Is that wrong? Uh, <laughs> the rod of Hermes. Yeah, right? with what? Is the rod of Hermes the messenger? Hermes, yeah. So, um, but the the thing about the Buddha with the, with the snake, the cobra going over top of him like that is in the legend that uh, he was he was out. In, uh, near a tree, and I, I don't remember the name of the tree, but it's a weird named tree. And it was about to rain while he was meditating, so the snake mm -hmm. opened up its hood to shade him from or sh shield him from the rain. Um, right. And it, there's a there's a really really good movie with um uh oh god what's her name she's um Barbarella's daughter <laughs> the lady who played Barbarella Jane Fonda's daughter um and, and it's called the Little Buddha where the, after the uh, um uh the main shaman of the Buddha sect dies, these these bodhisattvas go out looking for his reincarnation and they find him in three children, one Chinese, oh. one Indian, and one American. That's Keanu Reeves, right? Keanu yeah. Reeves is in it too, I think, yeah. Okay. Really, really great movie, but when they show, and Keanu Reeves plays the, the Buddha or the Bodhisattva before he comes Buddha, and they actually show that scene where the snake comes up and shields him from the rain. It's a very, very nice movie. Yeah, so. yeah. Definitely. Uh, so what about go? I mean, lately I'm a Capricorn and I noticed all these tarot people calling Capricorn the devil card. I'm like, no, that ain't, that ain't fair. <laughs> and then they try to make us all into stockbrokers, which that's BS. I'm definitely not a stockbroker. I'm like the opposite of that at all. But uh, the thing is, what about the goat? What did you get into with the goat energy? Okay. I, and there's some animal magic book by DJ Conway and you say the little invocation and there's coyote and stuff in there, but they kind of associate it with freeing guilt somehow. Yeah. Book, well, in that particular it, book. Yeah. And there's a reason for that because in ancient times, um, you know, the term scapegoat, right? A, a yeah, scapegoat, scapegoat is something that you load your, you know, they're the problem. And so in ancient times, uh, communities used to kind of ceremonial load their sins through the priest onto a goat, an actual living goat. And sometimes uh, red red fabric would be around, tied around its horns, sometimes a silver necklace, but all the people's sins would be loaded symbolically onto that goat and that goat would be led away into the wilderness never to return. Mm. So it was a way for people to really project their shadow Put it all on the goat, send it away, huh? It's kind Not of a very cheat, nice, really. <laughs> no, it's a way to cheat, cheat, yeah. you know, yourself out of your like. Oh, I don't have to deal with that anymore. That's what creates shadow, is the idea and the belief that we don't have to deal with, you know, all the things we're actually responsible for. Huh? Jay said, "Go greatest of all time." I've never heard that before. <laughs> There's a radio it. station near me that that calls itself 92.1 The Goat, and they use the goat in the themes of the goat for their like mascot the but they, they also said the greatest of all time they played the greatest <laughs> of all time rock and roll so <laughs> nice 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 yeah yeah so um yeah i actually i did a tarot deck um the animal wisdom tarot and i also i mean uh, the connection of goat with the devil is very old 
And it goes back to Pan, which was a, a, a pagan god of the woods, you know, and it was kind of a um, this this god that liked to dance and liked to fornicate and liked to, ha you know, just have a great time. So all the rural people loved it's this Capricorn. god, right? Oh, yeah. Loved Pan. Yeah. And there's many iterations of them. So sometimes there was it was even a plural. They were called the Pans because there were so many different versions of Pan. Um, so this was something the early church didn't like a lot. You know, here's a God that's a, a, a nature God, you know, that's that's drinking wine and having women and and just having a great time. So they started to take symbols of Pan, the goat man God, um, and made it into gradually. And this happened not overnight, but over centuries into the devil. And that's why we often see the devil in, in film and in legend, you know, with horns and with kind yes. of um, hairy legs and cloven feet and things like that. That's where it comes from. It comes from Pan, the original nature god. Yeah, I've always wondered if Bigfoot and Pan are kind of similar, like those kind of satire satyrs or whatever. <laughs> but that's a whole nother show. But, <laughs> but I mean, they can't be related because if it was related, it would be Big Hoof, yeah, not Bigfoot. So. <laughs> Yeah, big so what can you tell us? It's not something we get to talk about often. We had a uh, wild trees. That's his code name. He's like an animal microbiologist on recently. So we got to talk about weird animals and insects. And we usually don't. So this is like a double dose in the last few months. And we're grateful uh -huh. for that. But what can you tell us about bugs? Bugs. Well, yeah, yeah as a shadow animal, you know, it's, it's all in the name. What bugs you? Right. So I have yeah. a, I, one of my chapter is that which um, swarms, stings, bites, burrows and invades. So I look at progressively, you know, scarier and scarier bugs about what bugs us because, um, you know, from um, uh, um, I can't think of the other name, the grass, the locust, locust plagues, you know, that's a swarming thing. And it's just like so much. And that's that's the, the sheer volume of locusts that can that can invade and can overtake. We don't really have it nowadays, but back, you know, back in the 19, I think 40s and 50s, there were locust storms. There would be darkest clouds that would travel over the US and wipe yeah. out, you know, entire villages basically. They eat everything. I mean, it's 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 really amazing. So we have that aspect of insect that which storms, you know, and then we have the stingers and the biters. So bees, flies, you know, there's all kinds of things that can that can bug us in that way and um um and then you know it's a kind of invasion isn't it so um yeah. there is that whole uh you know i i think there's no um uh, it, it makes sense that a lot of aliens that come from different worlds especially when you see this in the 1950s films have the big bug eyes you know they have these insect qualities because insects i think in general are something that um uh, a lot of people are fearful of you know yeah, on the one hand it's funny because they're so tiny right but they can bug us just think about a mosquito in your in your bedroom at night you know i mean you could go crazy right there is also the hopi indian um belief in a, in a creature that's not small that they call the ant people uh which they consider to be also star people someone from the, you know outer space that are insect in nature and are you know, quite vicious and they they do not like each other so um, mm -hmm. when they clash there's there's war between them well there's something about insects that is very alien to us though isn't it it's a it's a very different kingdom we don't have you know we don't relate to insects the way we do to a dog or a cat it's a very different type of 
um, uh, 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 kingdom and groups of group of uh, animals. And so, um, yeah, it's I not think something that's you want to see in your lap. Yeah, it's, no, you don't want to see in your lap to pet. No. <laughs> yeah, although some insects we love, right? You know, butterflies and fireflies. Butterflies, and, cool. um, you know. Yeah. There's a few, They're not not There's that many, few. I don't think, but yeah, you know. What about praying mantises? Those freak me out. Oh, I like a those. Those are especially cool. the alien ones. The, the praying, well, the, the real praying mantis that we have on on Earth, they're a protected insect in the state of Maryland. You cannot kill them. It's like a three thousand dollar fine in jail time. But one thing I like about the praying mantis is it eats other bugs, including spiders. So go, you know, I'd like to have my whole house <laughs> surrounded by those. <laughs> Well, I think in a lot of martial arts traditions, too, um, praying mantis is really valued for the way it moves and the yeah, way it moves. And also, it's also called arnis in Chinese tradition. Arnis and praying mantis are the same thing. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So insects cover really a wide range. I mean, we could spend a whole hour probably talking about insects. Yeah. Recently, it got colder and uh, these big i forget what they are they're like they're a roach but they're big and they're in florida and they suck and they're palmetto they, bug probably. they started coming in because it was cold through the every time you open the door one would sneak in so we're like going crazy spraying poison everywhere and like it's it didn't get crazy but it was just enough to where they're gone now thank god but i did not my mom was screaming well, in the it's kitchen getting cold out jeffrey <laughs> let them in <laughs> those things here though they're they're crazy like I think everyone has those on some level that try to get in their house. Don't they're, matter who you are. They're a big, they're a big problem down south. I lived in like Georgia it, for 13 years. The palmetto bugs, also people call brown they're roaches. They're, I mean, they're enormous. They're like, you know, two, two and a half inches long. Um, but they swarm. I mean, they're like, yeah. a, it's a major, major problem yeah. down there. Yeah. But they're really I mean, basically harmless. They just, you know, they're just, they're a norm of a nuisance. Thing, right? You know, most ugly. entomologists say the most feared insect is, you want to guess? Roach. Cockroach, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, cockroaches. Because, uh, and you know, they their evolution. They've they've been on the earth for more than three hundred million years. That's yeah, quite some, time. some of them glow in the dark. Yeah, there's and there yeah there's a lot of different species. They move, you know, erratically. There's that again that alien sense about them. But I think um, in terms of what they reveal, you know, they kind of reveal our shadow fears of being invaded, violation helplessness if you've ever had your home invaded by cockroaches you know there's the realization that you're not quite in control so that's a deep shadow fear that a lot of humans have so it makes sense that even even though it's such a small animal that can't really hurt you um we could be fearful of that and that could convey shadow material yeah definitely yeah definitely the sense of security the, the palmetto bug again like i said it's they're big they're two and a half yeah, inches long yeah. and about like that but they they're they're so flexible they can compress their skeleton enough that they can get in underneath a closed window underneath a closed door isn't so it think, amazing what some of these insects can do it's they've, amazing yeah they've got one of the better designs yeah. of as far as you know insectoid bodies go uh the the most successful design is the is the chinese stink bug um because they're very very durable um they they're invasive as hell and we're they're they're start slowly taking over the east coast here but yeah, just the fact that I don't know that they can compress so much, but the cockroaches, I mean, they, it doesn't matter how well you seal up your house, they're getting in. And I think that's where the main fear comes in. It's like, you know, it should be able to get to that window, but it does anyway. It can. Yeah, that's again, that feeling of violation of being invaded. It's, oh, absolutely. It's very primal, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I would love to get into the bat sun. That's not one we get to bring up very often. If, oh, I, I, have if, a good ever, if ever, if ever, 
What can you tell us about the bat? About bats? You know, it's really interesting when I was reading about, about bats, because I like to look at it, the biology and the habitats and the ecological aspects of, of an animal. So I did that with bat. Um, but I also like to look at the, um, the myths that we have about animals and the legends, how our ancestors saw those animals. You know, it's kind of like a collective dream, right? And bat was one of those ones where, um, you know, I think most, most bat species are found in South America. So they had a lot of uh, a lot of legends about bats and bat gods, and sometimes the bat gods were very positive. Usually they were menacing, but sometimes they were positive, and there were these myths about this bat man, if you will, <laughs> a bat god that brings everything that the humans need to know. So there's often things about um, bats that have to do with transformation and rebirth. You know, there's something a little spooky about bats because they're awake at night. They're creatures of the night, which is often a shadow animal. But what I want to say is what's interesting is I also looked at different cultures. You look at ancient China. In ancient China, bats are symbols of wealth and prosperity. And they had bats, beautiful bats, carved on uh, palace walls, paint, or painted on palace walls, carved in furniture, um, often embroidered on ceremonial robes. So it's a completely different take on bath. So I think that helps us to look at, um, you know, where you, uh, what different cultures value and what they see. So to the ancient Chinese, bats were not scary creatures. And in feng shui, bat is a symbol of, uh, again, wealth and prosperity. You use a little image of a bat, you put it at your window to repel the evil and bring in the good. Yeah, I like Totally different take on bat than we're used to, right? Listen to the children of yeah. the night. Listen to the beautiful music they make. They're, they're actually, they're they actually eat mosquitoes. Of, they're That's actually not as scary as they seem to be, but um, yeah. uh, I have a quick funny story about one. Um, I used to drive an MGB, and MGB is <laughs> a little small two-person British touring car, and it's got three windshield wipers in the front windshield and I happened to drive to my friend's house and it was dark and I had the top down. So I didn't, there's nothing up here and a bat happened to swoop down low enough and hit my windshield and I wasn't aiming for him. I didn't even see him. He just like flew out of nowhere and nailed the windshield and his wing got stuck underneath the middle wind, windshield wiper and it flipped him back and he looked at me in the wind, in, you know, backwards like that, <laughs> and he, ah, right in my face. I was like, and I said something I shouldn't, I can't say on the air. And I slammed on the brakes and he flipped back forward and he got his wing free and he flew away. He kept on going oh. the same way he was going. So I get to my friend's house. I'm like, you know, quick, give me a beer. And I told him the yeah. story. And then that scared the hell out of me. But I wasn't afraid of the bat. I just, the way yeah. he, you know, said, you know, screamed in my face, right. scared the hell out of me. Uh, yeah. But the thing is, the thing is funny, you mentioned about the South American bats. There's a, a, a Mayan god called Kamazats. Mm -hmm. And yeah. if you do a, if you do a Google search, either one of you can do that right now. You'll look. One of the first things you'll see is a, a I think it's a terracotta uh, mask or helmet. Um, it's Batman. So yeah. <laughs> it, it really it is. No, you have to look at the picture. There's they, their their bat god is what nowadays modern lore is Bruce Wayne and the Batman. Uh, it is, is funny that, that Bruce Wayne chose a bat, isn't it? I looked at the original comic when that first came out. And he, I don't think so much he chose the bat as the bats chose him because he fell well, into the cave. But <laughs> you're right. He was looking. He was sitting in a study thinking about what well, I need to be kind of a menacing creature. What would that be? And a bat swoops in, and 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 he says, "Aha! I will be the mm -hmm. Batman." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Joker, of course, is a very trick, trickster personality for sure. Which, the Joker, but definitely 
So is there an animal we got we got a, a few minutes left, but is there an animal that you'd like to talk about? What's what's one of your favorites or is there one that appeals to you right now? Um Oh, I don't know. I mean, again, I, I just want to say that, you know, there's no real animal that's a shadow animal in and of itself. It's our projection. So it's kind of always like what animal is, um, you know, speaks to us or makes us feel uncomfortable. And, you know, for me, actually, this line could relate to this. It's your Florida. It's alligators. I don't know why. Well, I do know why. I, alligators, you know, have, for me, since I was a little kid, I was always very suspicious of their sneaky nature, the way that they're able to stay underneath, you know. And come yeah, out. they're an ambush predator for sure. Yeah, and the way they grab something and they won't let go, huh? You know, so there's something that, that speaks to me about a shadow animal in alligator. And and I have some of those abilities, you know, like when I argue, if I, if I want to make my point, I won't let go of it. So I, I can relate to my inner alligator, if you will. Yeah. So I was noticing you actually made some uh, Oracle tarot kind of things. I collect those. I'll have to check yours out. When I'm looking at them now on Amazon, that's pretty cool. So you've yeah. been working with animals, man. you, you got you for yeah. a while. For sure. yeah. yeah, I have nine books, I think, out right now. Nine or ten, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of been my thing. So. Is that coyote on the front of one of on your animal wisdom tarot? On my, it's on the it's on the back. Yeah, a coyote and and um, yeah, because I love the trickster. And then that was my number zero card, which was you know the the, the traditional fool. I call it the trickster um, because that is a card um, in in tarot that just it's kind of between worlds, isn't it? It's and it's not really of the world, but it's in the world. So and that's a good definition of a trickster, don't you think? Yes. So you're in Alaska. Do you have to deal with the weird times, like the sun's out and not out and all that stuff, that weird stuff? Yeah, we it gets dark here around, right now it gets dark here around 5.30ish, but come we, we turn our clocks back on Sunday. So um, okay. in, in the really darkest part of winter, it'll, it'll get dark around 4.15, 4.30, and then it doesn't get light till around 10 in the morning. So, yeah. So, I mean, and I'm in, I'm near Anchorage, so I'm not even that bad, but you know, the further north you go, they'll have months of darkness. So. Yeah. That's if you go a little bit north, you get six months dark, six months yeah. light, but yeah. like the idea of the sun like coming up till 10 a.m., that's, that wouldn't suck, but negative 40 <laughs> degrees would. <laughs> it doesn't bother me. You know, some people it really bothers. It messes up their circadian rhythm. It just depends on the individual. I think six months of darkness would mess for me. Uh, I like the darkness, but the light, I like the day too. So the, the energy of it. So I think that would be weird for sure. <laughs> that would be crazy for sure. But have you ever had to live in the part of Alaska where it did that, the six months part or no? No, no. Would, it, would it affect you six months of darkness? I, you know, I'm a writer, so I don't know that it would bother me. <laughs> Really that scene that, was that movie 60 days of darkness or something yeah. the vampires yeah yeah, that was yeah. A good yeah so what is there anything in the future you're working on or anything you'd like to tell us about what's your website and stuff yeah my website is uh animalvoices.net and it has um chapter excerpts and actually sometimes full chapters from all the different books a lot of pictures of the tarot cards there's a lot of uh interviews and things like that yeah that isn't that an amazing cover it is it really is so the eyes are like they're like painted on on top of the picture so it's like they I like kind of glow in the dark a little 
I know yeah. my publisher has done some awesome covers, but I think this is my favorite. And as yeah. a as an author with this particular publisher, I never know what what kind of cover I'm going to get. And this one, I was so amazed by. I just thought he did an excellent job. Yeah, the man who designed it. So yeah. So do you have a lot of weird animals like in your personal life that you own or that? Um, <laughs> not really weird. I mean, we used to live. We used to have two snakes. We had a boa constrictor. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, ball python and a, um, a corn snake, Carl and Chloe. They were great. So I had them while I was working on my book. I uh, lived with them for about two years. And then we um, met another family who really wanted to learn about snakes. And it is, it's great, you know, if you want to learn about an animal, to live with that animal for a while, to really get to know its rhythms. And I, I love, I came to love snakes. I mean, I had never feared snakes when I wrote that book. But I really came to appreciate snakes um, in, a, in, a, in a much deeper way by working on that book. So now we don't have snakes. We just we have a sassy dog. You know. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever uh, got into the Bigfoot subject? I see a lot of stuff on Alaska and Bigfoot. We, I have a book on Bigfoot, but we do shows about that stuff. Is that anything you've ever got into a little or anything? I've always been fascinated by it, but I've never, um, you know, gone on a hunt for yeah. bigfoot <laughs> i know there was some alaska bigfoot show i didn't watch it but uh i know i have a book about alaska but it's a big subject about that you know well i've always really been interested in the yeti you know and i lived in india for a while and that so that would be i guess the counterpart in a way they're um, probably very similar creatures if not man like kind of like different between us and you know gorillas and chimpanzees almost yeah yeah so I, I i know a little bit more about yetis and 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 that whole thing again i never went on a i i don't i'm not an expert by any means um but i do find it really fascinating yeah. it is it definitely is and there's so many weird things about it from you know uh nephilim offspring from noah's flood to uh aliens which would be the same thing i guess as nephilim a lot of weird stuff about it that's fascinating but it's uh, been great having you back. And uh, what's your website again? And Thanks. Again? Yeah, my website is www.animalvoices.net. Very cool. And you well, can it, contact me through there. I do, I do animal communication sessions and I do tarot readings. So, yeah, lots of different things. We appreciate it so much. It's always good to talk about animals and to hopefully help them in some way out there by talking about them invoking that that energy so we appreciate it thank you so much well thanks jeffrey nice and thank you jay nice to meet you too and it was a fun talk so too. have a good here. weekend thank you take okay. care thanks all bye right. bye bye all right everybody uh oh, well luckily we got her hooked up she's having some chrome issues i know she's only doing an hour that's fast but but we got into some animals some animals yeah, and we, we talk, we, almost everything that I wrote as far as notes is what I wanted to talk about. You already you had the same idea, so it's good we were able to get get both uh, both opinions in on those things. Because you know, like she was saying earlier, the snakes you know don't bother me. It's just those few weird, ugly insects, and that's that's it really. Then we got next week Bernard Beatman, the synchronicities. That's a pretty big guess. Uh, there's a lot of synchronicity in this planet synchronicities and uh that'll be next week's guest uh scheduling for uh january now so send that out at some point i know i just got december 16th matthew ash mckernan that's a weird craft uh, a norse kind of book should be good that'll be our last show of the year 
Weird craft as in magic or weird craft as in like space boats? Like Norse, the Norns and Fates and all that stuff. Weird, oh, okay. Like W-Y-R-D. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got that book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to, I was looking at trying to figure out how to pronounce it. Is it wired? Is it weird? Is it <laughs> weird? It's the Norse, the Norse thing. So, but it's, uh, I know they just sent us the one copy of it. They'll send us a finished copy at some point. That'll be the last show of the year on the Norse. Uh, can't go wrong with the nose. The nose. Come on, feel the Norse. <laughs> the Norse time and Christmas. Are you doing Joe's thing tonight? Yeah, probably. Uh, if they're doing one tonight, I'm, I'll get in on it. And probably Tuesday, I'll, I get off at six. And we're, he's going to do a, um, you know, a results show for the voting day. Oh gosh. Yeah. Look, the the last couple times the. Joe's show was successfully successfully predicted every winning president, so including Obama. So <laughs> that's a good record to be on so far. Most definitely. Uh, let's see what to talk about. Goodness, no idea. We're just going to nap the second hour of the show. <laughs> <laughs> but have you, uh, have you been getting into Andor lately at all? I haven't watched Andor. Oh, you, you need to watch that. One of one of my friends who's a who's big on Star Wars, bigger on Star Wars than he is on Star Trek, I think. Though he likes both, he said that you, you have to watch watch and keep up with Andor, and then go back and watch Rogue One because it puts all of what happened in Rogue One into context. Now you know yeah. his like his backstory and how what what it was that transpired to make him the guy that he is in Rogue One. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it at some point. Is it over already? Uh, so episode nine comes out to, came out today, and I don't know. It's probably if they only did ten, then there's only one more. If there's you know eight more to go, I don't know how. I keep asking Google how many there there is, and it won't. It only says there's six, and then we're already up to nine. So I I don't know. All right. Did you see my private message? We're gonna let Jay for like two minutes talk about Joe's show and his appearance for like two minutes. Can you do it for two minutes? Two minutes. Try. All right. It ain't gonna be long. I promise you. I All right. Yeah. With, with the pets. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I can get. I can get Bill the cat here. Maybe he can help. <clears throat> Hold on. He's gonna talk about the show tonight and who he's appearing with. Yeah. So tonight will be the Centralist with uh, Joe Montado, the host, and myself, and uh, Michael Angley, and we'll probably be talking since we're coming up on the elections. Uh, a little bit of politics. Maybe a lot of politics might get into some uh, current events that's happening over in Europe, particularly with the war in Ukraine, um, with uh, Putin and what he's doing over there. Maybe get into a little bit about what's going on with China and Taiwan, North Korea, and that whole mess on the other side of, of Europe. So we got uh, we got about two hours worth of you know current events, news and politics. And uh, we'll also be giving, uh, Joe's giving some stuff away, uh, some books, some lightsabers, um, so we'll be having some trivia questions that if you answer correctly and you're the correct number email that's found, you you could win some cool swag. So, yeah, Centralist uh, coming up at uh, 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 o'clock Central, and goes until 12 o'clock Eastern, um, 11 o'clock um, uh, Central time. So that will be a good show coming up in about one hour and nine minutes. So look forward to that. So please tune in. 
So yeah, did it exactly two minutes. Oh, now he's going away. <laughs> That's good. So, but yeah, so if you get into the chat room for the centralist and you have some questions, you know, throw them at us, and if we have time, we'll we'll answer your questions as well. So it's, it's a little bit talk show, a little bit question and answer show, and it's all good politics news. And Jeffrey's back. That's right. I had to go do number one real quick. I'm not sitting here with a full bladder during this thing, full whatever. <laughs> I'm in the process of refilling mine. Yeah, well, if you need me to talk for two minutes, let me know. But, you know, some guests do the whole time, some do an hour. And then I think I've had like two hours sleep since yesterday or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you definitely need some coffee. Yeah, I got some, but it don't work. I think I need it intravenously. <laughs> but uh creep show is a good movie did you ever see those movies creep show the first one yeah a long long time ago i don't think there's i've seen two, it. there's two more i might have might have seen the second one. i don't know about the third one but well they made a, a tv show on uh yeah. shutter for some reason they didn't have a season this halloween so it's Coming in 2023, I guess they couldn't finish it in time or something. But well, it wasn't. It was a TV show on Showtime first, a long, long, long time ago. You're talking about Tales from the Crypt. Oh, maybe yeah. HBO, but that yeah. was a creep show. Is uh, the one that had Stephen King, Meteor She. Remember, he got the green plant on him and then shot himself. He found Stephen King's in it, and he finds a meteor, and the meteor gets on him. He's like Meteor S. And uh, it's also got an Indian Indian that comes alive, a wooden Indian kills people. That uh, sounds familiar, like a, a black a a story. Black, a black, yeah, a black pudding in a lake that takes people, eats them in the lake, and they all these kids are on a raft and it gets them. They get trapped out there. Hmm. There's no, one no. with roaches, like it's like Tales from the Crypt, but different. It's uh, the creep don't really talk. He's just creepy. Look it up. Just put creep show. There's a comic yeah. book now and a TV show. It's it's been a comic book for a long time, like even back in the seventies. Well, creep show wasn't. You're you're thinking of something else. Creep show. I have all the creep show comics. That that just started not too long ago. There Did was it? a nineteen there was a 1982 one that was just a remake of all the movies. And comics. Oh, okay. Maybe that's what. That there was. is a magazine called Creep that's uh, or creepy or something. That's like a movie horror one or something. Just put in creep show and you'll see it. And uh, it's one word. And you'll see it and you'll, yeah. you'll know. But there's a book from Shudder I need to get. Uh, but anyway, it's really good. And there's there's a one with Ted dancing and uh, his wife get buried out in the sand and the tide comes in, the crabs and stuff eat their head. And they come <laughs> back. They come back from the dead. Oh, I know that one. Yes, I, I saw that one. Yeah, I remember that That's one. It's Creep Show. But look at yeah. put Creep Show in your Google and just look at all the images and you'll know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2019 series Creep Show is a there's a movie in 1982 and 1987. Movies and, and 2006. Yeah. Okay. Shutter. But I like those uh, shows that are like a horror anthology where it tells a story. Gilmore del Toro just did Cabinet of Curiosities. Yeah, that I saw those on. Was that Netflix? Netflix. Did you watch yeah. it? No, I haven't watched it. I've been, I've been uh, actually catching up on. I just finished watching uh, Stargate SG One. Just finished those ten seasons, and I'm now into like second season of Stargate Atlantis. So I've been rewatching those. Those were, those were my favorite things back in the day when they were first coming out. But now they're on um, 
one's on Netflix and the other two are on uh, Amazon. So I'm on Amazon now watching Atlantis and then I'll finish uh, Stargate Universe. But they were always oh, just they, they overtook my love of Star Trek. I always was a big Star Trek fan. There's only three seasons. And then Stargate SG-1 came out and there's 10 seasons. It within now four or five seasons took over my, you know, favorite TV show slot is my favorite TV show of all time. And it's just what actors wise. Stargate? Stargate, Stargate SG-1. Yeah. Based off the movie. Yeah. I've seen the movie though. I've never watched the show. So the show was pretty good. It left, I'm like, take, it took off where the, the movie left off and uh, one or two of the scripts where well, I think there's a two part episode that was going to be, Stargate 2, the movie, but they cut it and readapted it for TV. Um, but it just the, the camaraderie between the four actors, the four main actors, is really what kept me going on the show. It's just that, you know, on, on screen, the Star Trek actors, Kirk and Spock and all those guys, you'd think they were really best friends, but behind the scenes, they hated each other. So, <laughs> who did? Oh, Kirk, Shatner, and Spock, Nimoy, and, and, and DeForest Kelly, Dr. McCoy. Their on-screen chemistry, you would think that they hung out all the time outside the show, but they actually hated each other. Um, George Takei and, and Janet, um, uh, the guy who played Chekhov, um, they they hated Shatner. They, they couldn't stand him. That had to be a hot every show to hate the person you're doing whatever with. So they kind of deal with that in in, in uh, Galaxy Quest, where they say that the fans hate uh, the main character, and then the actors do too. We get cut because of what they say behind his back, but it's you know it's not the same thing. I mean, these people literally got into like heated fights, um, like where Captain Kirk, William Shatner, takes all the good lines in episodes, and he's always getting his shirt ripped off. I mean, all that stuff is in Galaxy Quest. So I mean. <laughs> It, it's not false. It's uh, it's not rumor. It all, it's all in all her books. I mean, Grace Lee Whitney, who played Rand in her book, it's in Leonard Nimoy's books, how much he and Shatner just never got along. Uh, a Cabinet of Curiosity is worth a watch. Every episode's a different story, and there's one with, like, demons and Nazi artifacts with a guy from the Royal Brother, Where Art Thou? Uh, I forgot the guy. I always forget his name. Um, Tom... He was uh, he was in one of the Hulk movies. Uh oh, brother! I always forget it. I had to look it up last show. I think Tim Blake Nelson. That's it, Tim Blake Nelson. Yeah, he's in it with the Nazi artifacts. He buys a storage building, then it gets weird. You know, where they auction them and stuff, and there's like crazy. There's and there's two Lovecraft episodes that are good. Pickman's uh, model and. Uh, Dreams in the Witch House. They're all good, but the lotion one was kind of stupid. This lady buys lotion and it gets weird, but. Kind of like the, uh, what is it? Um, the, the, the second Hannibal movie, Hannibal, where the, the, the guy grabs the FBI agent and says it puts its lotion on its skin or something like that. Yeah. This lady buys lotion and she's allergic to it, but then a weird creature gets made up. It's weird, but it's not the best one, but there's better ones. But it's definitely worth the watch. Hopefully it did good and they're going to make some other ones in the more seasons. But uh, they were going to bring back Tales from the Crypt with M. Night Shyamalan doing it somehow with that Crypt Keeper, but that got canceled from TNT. Oh, that, would wow. been, that would have been interesting. They're going to get the same guy to voice the Crypt Keeper? 
Is that John Kaczynski or something like that? John Kassir. Kassir, yeah. Yeah, I don't even know if that dude's still alive. It might be. John Kassir. Did you see Werewolf by Night? No, but I did watch. You, you told me about The Northman. Yeah. I did look at that the other night. It, it was okay. I, I wasn't, you know, it's brutal. thrilled by it. I wasn't overwhelmed by it, but it, you know, decent action. But uh, it was definitely brutal. Werewolf by Night, you need to watch. It's good. It's only one episode, an hour. I think I saw the um the tile for it on one of the. Is it on Netflix also? It's on Disney. On Disney, okay. It's Marvel. Marvel. So it's like a one-off, one-off shot, one-shot kind of deal. Yeah, it's based on the comics Werewolf by Night. Okay, yeah, I don't know the comics, but yeah, maybe I'll check it out because I'm gonna when I get off of here, I'm gonna go and look at uh, the next episode of Andor. Man things in it. Is that cool? But he's from Marvel. He's like Swamp Thing, but Man Thing. It's worth the watch. And it looks like John Cassier is still alive. He's only 11 years older than me, so yeah, he's still kicking. I hope they do something with Crypt Keeper again. I love those. Those are good. Crypt Keeper, here. Yeah, he was a bit nutty. <laughs> yeah, those were crazy. I liked them a lot. You probably get them on DVD. They're probably all available. I have now. them. Do you? I have a bunch of them. Then I have the rest on a hard drive somewhere. He was also in the remake of Peach Dragon. I never saw that. It was okay. It wasn't quite as good as the original. Oh, and he also played Shemp Howard in the Three Stooges biopic back in 2000. Wait, what? Interesting. He plays Shemp Howard, uh, Mo and Mo and Curly's older brother. In a biopic about the uh, Three Stooges. Andy Circus doesn't think we've seen enough Snoke. S O S N O K E. Yeah, Felicity Snoke. She's on um, one of the. It's on the Flash. No, I'm talking about Snoke is something from Star Wars. Oh, that's Snoke. Okay. Some evil thing from, from Star Wars. Looks like one of the Siths or something. Uh, the rumor has it that he was a clone of the Emperor. And, uh, like an unfinished, like, mutated clone. But um, Kylo Ren killed him anyway, so. <laughs> Tom Hiddleston is in Deadpool 3. I guess he's going to be Loki. That Loki show is pretty good. You see it? I did. There should be, second season should be coming out sometime next year, I think. Yeah, that's good. Canceled Westworld. Wow, that's been around a while. Wasn't that great? It was okay. Yeah, from what I saw, but it wasn't that fantastic either. Yeah, I've seen better. Uh, I'm surprised they canceled it because they made like three or four seasons. Yeah, I think but it was three. I saw a weird thing. The Witcher uh, was uh, the guy that plays the Witcher is being replaced by another dude. That Henry Cavill dude. Henry Cavill. Yeah, Superman. Yeah. They're getting rid of him somehow. He's leaving the whole show and they're going to replace the entire character away. So it's weird. For sure. I got to put a whole new actor in it. Hmm. It's kind of crazy. 
Like, they're going to get rid of him. I saw the first season a long time ago. It's okay, but it wasn't that great. It's all right. There, there's a lot of lot of shows out there that just aren't that great. Um, and the ones that are great aren't getting the, you know, kudos they want. So, like, you know, the uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi show, one, eight, eight, nine, ten episodes long, uh, everybody's wanting a second, third, fourth season, and they keep, you know, it just keeps saying, oh, it's a limited edition thing, it's blah, 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 this. It's like, why would you limit it if it's making people write into you and say, make, give us more, you yeah, know? Which, which, which show? Obi-Wan. One about oh, Obi-Wan yeah. Kenobi with, uh, with uh, what's his name? The a Scottish actor, Ewan McGregor. Yeah, it was good, but it wasn't the best thing I saw ever. Yeah, yeah, but it didn't suck. And then, like I said, half you know all the fans that are fans of it have been writing in, going, "Where's we want more? We want more!" And Disney keeps saying, "You're not going to get it. You're not going to get it." So, oh, they're saying they're not going to do anything else. They're if they're giving us any more, they're being very tight-lipped about it. So, definitely, if some book I saw Ripper. Ripper Country, a collection, semi-Victorian London where imagination runs supreme. Something to do with Jack the Ripper, but it's like different, I guess, stories that take place around that area or something weird. Yeah, was it uh, Whitechapel, I think, was the area that he was uh, popular in? Yeah, Whitechapel. Uh, of course, I've seen the Johnny Depp movie, but... Uh, there's a lot of weird controversy with that. From H.H. Holmes as Jack the Ripper to uh, yada, 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 yada. It's all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I wasn't there, so. No, me either. But um, some, some of what we, the one show we did with, uh, with was it H.H. Holmes? He's, he's pretty sure it was like what his great-grandfather or great-granduncle or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, he's a some kind of relative thing situation. Well, I mean, because it, it, it sort of makes sense why he suddenly stopped. I mean, if you have a, a good hunting ground and you're a serial killer, why stop? And it seems the reason he stopped was because whatever business he had in London was over and he had to come back here to the States. So, oops. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's him or not, but there's some interesting parallels. Sure. Very compelling evidence, yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. I finally quit my nicotine bag. I'm trying to feel like a bum's ball sack. Oh. <laughs> I don't have any energy. But, uh... You just switched it with caffeine, that's all. <laughs> yeah, I was doing both, but I don't do it anymore. It wasn't that... Try to do those tic-tac things, and that was worse. Really? But uh, I just went cold turkey on the vape. Yeah, because they're, they're selling those things now. They, they're, they're not really Tic Tac shaped, but they, they call them Nick, Nick salts or nicotine salts. What is it, like Vin or Zen or something like that? They sell them right across the street here. I haven't tried them yet. I imagine, you know, when, it, when I first tried chewing tobacco, it burned burned the inside of my gum, so I never enjoyed it. So I'm hoping that something those about those it. those lounges as I had to quit using those. Those are worse than the vape. Is it was? Is it getting pushed push too much cap? Much too other yeah, push, too, push almost too much. Yeah, it's making my dinky not work. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, that could be old age too, and and those <laughs> blood pressure pills too. They don't help either. I quit those too. So besides feeling tired as hell, 
I'm okay, I guess. <laughs> Mostly, was just concerned about my lungs. Yeah. Man. Plus, when I was 17, I had stupid testicular cancer crap, but it spread to my stomach and lungs. So technically, yeah. I had lung cancer. Oh wow! Yeah. How stupid is it to sit around and you know inject myself with this crap? Of course, I'm still working on the weed stuff, but it's a process. <laughs> it, it's a shame too, because doctors have always said that the best delivery method is you know a steam or a smoke. But you know the thing is that the I don't know so much about the steam, um, but the the Nick vapes they they say that you're you're breathing in metal vapors or metal fibers when you breathe in those that steam. And then yeah. with cigarettes, of course, you're breathing in the smoke of the, the tobacco. And the smoke a lot of people act like weed smoke doesn't hurt you, though. Like my UPS guy I was talking to him, and he's like, well, if you've been doing that, that's no big deal. Like, he acts like the, a lot of people act like the weed smoke doesn't hurt you, but it's got to. It can't be good either. Just well, I mean, that. it depends on whether you're smoking it through paper or through glass or through a, through a water filter like a bong. But, yeah, yeah I mean, it, it, there's still some harm being done. And you're basically you're, you're you're breathing in hot gases into your lungs. Yeah, that's why I would like to just do like uh, oils and stuff, but that get expensive if you use it every day. That's well, expensive. Oh, that yeah. new the new God of War Ragnarok's coming out, the sequel to God of War. They did a funny uh, commercial with Ben Stiller and John Travolta, and that Ben Stiller dressed as Kratos. <laughs> no, I didn't see that yet. <laughs> it's pretty funny, but you can just put it up out of the war trailer, so you'll find it. But it's got John Travolta in it and uh, Ben Stiller, which I was surprised that they were in it, really. <laughs> this is more popular than I thought. What's up with this fentanyl crap? Putting in Halloween candy, people leave it in weird places so you can die. Like, you find it and you get it, or putting it on weird you know, money and stuff. Like, no, trying no, to fentanyl murder. will kill you if you're not used to it. Yeah, it seems like there's people out there trying to murder you people, like, on purpose. But, I mean, every year, every year Halloween, there's always been some, you know, scuttlebutt. You know, they always, you know, when I was a kid, they would make you, well, they didn't make you, but they offered free x-rays. If you brought your candy to the emergency room, they would throw your candy bag through the x-ray to make sure there's no, like, razor blades or dangerous items inside your candy. You know, and back in the 70s, people were putting, like, razor blades and apples and things and going to give them to kids, which is like, you know, what, why? I mean, this just... Why ruin, you know, a fun thing for a kid to come around and get, you know, candy and treats and what have you by throwing poison in there? It just doesn't make sense to me. It's just bad people. Yeah, just want to kill kids. <laughs> it's like, you're that bored? Yeah, kill them or hurt them by making them swallow, a, a, a chew on a razor in their food and their candy or, or an yeah. apple. It's just... That fentanyl is some crazy stuff. It'll croak yeah, you. It, like I said, it'll definitely kill you. I mean, it's like... No, but they use it to uh, they use it to wean heroin addicts off of heroin. But when they do that, they what they basically wind up doing is unhooking them from heroin and hooking them onto fentanyl. And then they go out and in the streets to try to get fentanyl. They put too much in their system and they die. So think about putting it in a kid. I ain't never did no fentanyl. Don't they put that stuff on? Uh, what's that stuff they put on those pads? Like you wear them, like stick them to you or something. Uh, like the um, like the uh, icy hot pen, pads. It's a fentanyl patch. That's what Christina said. That's what I figured. Yeah, they, well, they have all kinds of um, pain medicines in patches. Yeah, not just I, not just fentanyl. 
I knew a guy that used to be hooked to that. Hopefully he's still alive, but he talked about scraping the stuff off and doing weird stuff. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. That stuff sounds like heroin or something. This is or just it's risky. very similar because, like I said, that's what they used to wean people off of heroin. They wean them off yeah. of that and then onto fentanyl, and they try to wean them off the fentanyl, and they wind up, you know, either retaining the habit for the heroin or they get switched from heroin to fentanyl, and they go out in the street and buy it, and they don't know how to use it, and they wind up killing themselves. Croak. And then yep. they croak. It's crazy. You've been watching your weird boat reality show what's that one you watch some kind of reality show about a boat uh not about a boat but um survivor there's something else you said i forget the name of it <laughs> about a boat some um, kind of reality show well survivor's those, a reality show and they, they wasn't, take, this wasn't survivor was something else but survivor i haven't seen that in a while i'm surprised that's still around it's yeah, like a g g-rated naked and afraid yeah Kinda. <laughs> Nick and the phrase gross. Yeah, I can't especially they put unattractive people on there. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, either way, it's just they get disgusting. I just think it's strange that you know any guy or girl would want to try to spend, and I think they're supposed to be out there twenty-eight or thirty days. Why you'd want to go out there with your you know stuff hanging out, you know? Like, no, thank you. You're supposed to sleep on the, you know, where are you going to sleep? You sleep on the ground, you know, you cover yourself in leaves and creatures come up and bite you in places you don't want to get bit. No, no, thank you. I like that one alone. It's more classy. They have clothes. It's not yeah. disgusting. It's more like put your ass in the Alaskan wilderness or something. It's like different places on the earth and you, you get supplies and stuff. So you're not going to, it's still rough, but. Yeah, it's, that can't be easy, that's for sure. Oh, sure. They also have something similar to that called Mountain Men, where these different three or four dudes show how they, you know, prepare for being snowed in for six, three or four or five months in the winter by, you know, hunting and gathering. I guess they, they get to have, like, wives that make, you know, jellies and jams and preserves, too. But um, I said, why you would want to live out in a place where you get snowed in for three or four months and you got to store all your food for that long? Why you'd want to live out there? I don't know. I, I just, that's not for me. We're at Alaska? Hmm? We're at Alaska? I think it's in, it's in, it might be Alaska or Northern Canada somewhere, like Montana, Washington State. It's, it's somewhere. They're, they're all over the country. There's like two or three dudes. Um, but their houses are like they're like the closest grocery store is like a three hour drive away. Yeah. So yeah, I just don't understand why you'd want to live that far from society. Hell to the nose. I've done it before. Not that far. Three hours far. is pretty far away. I mean, especially if you yeah. like, like you have a medical emergency, your closest hospital is three or four hours away. You know, that's you know when they say when you have a medical emergency, minutes count. So the faster you get help, the you know, quicker you get better. Yeah, for sure. So what's going on in Pennsylvania? Oh God, we got that buffoon Fetterman. Thank God on the recent election, or not election, but uh, debate, he lost some serious points because he's just—he's a thug. I mean, I'm sorry if you're running for audience for a uh, you know, major Senate office, uh, wear a suit. 
this guy just wears like a, a black hoodie and it looks like he just like stepped out of you know the, the ghetto and and he's white and he's just he's a giant white bully thug punk <laughs> so, <laughs> check out this guy stan gordon i need to get him on again sometime maybe next year uh, oh, okay. he's in pennsylvania and he's a serious paranormal researcher Look at his site. He's got some amazing books about Pennsylvania, but there's crazy UFO Bigfoot, yeah, and crazy see. cryptids, and man, he's the real deal. Like he's he's really respectable, and he he gathers all these stories and investigates them, and goes out there and really gets on the scene. And he's been around a long time, but you should look through his stuff. You'll find some weird stuff in Pennsylvania. Yeah, definitely look at it. Yeah, he's. <sighs> Excuse me, I've been up all morning since like six a.m. But um, yeah, no, he he looks kind of familiar, but I don't want to. I don't know who we I who he looks like. I don't know. He kind of reminds know. me of Jeff Meldrum, I guess, a little. I need to look at his books because I may have missed one of his books. I'm looking at here. Creepy cryptids. Yeah, Stan's new book, now available. I have... I have a few of them, I know. Really mysterious Pennsylvania. I always hate when I have to dig through my books to see what I'm missing. I know I have Silent Invasion, the Pennsylvania UFO Bigfoot casebook. Hmm. Uh, I know, I think I have really mysterious... Pennsylvania. I don't know if I have astonishing encounters. I have to look. I know I don't have creepy cryptids. You know, it looks brand new, like it just came out. Yeah. I'd have to check and see when the last time if I got that one. I don't know if I have all, if I have three of his books. I may. I know he sent me some before. Out on foot, but uh, he's got some good ones. So you want to really, you'd freak out at some of the stories there. You trip out to think that they're, you know, is happening there. It's some crazy ones. Yeah, well, this whole area, particularly the um, northern part of the state and like uh, western Ohio, or sorry, east, eastern eastern Ohio, uh, is actually a fairly hot spot for Bigfoots. We talked to Stanton forever. I don't know. I think I interviewed him. Yeah, I interviewed him once in written form. Yeah, here it is. Here's one. I, I've had him on the show, but here's a written interview I did with him. That's pretty interesting. And he's got stuff on the Kecksburg incident, too. I haven't talked to him in forever, though, but I'll have to get him on one year. Yeah, get him on. He seems like an interesting dude. Big Bigfoots and UFOs. You usually don't find those two together. Brochures. Brochures don't. But, uh, yeah, you should check him out more. I know he's in a, a bunch of documentaries. and those Small Town Monsters documentaries. Those are pretty good, too. Those ones about the creature sightings in different uh, cities or whatever. Has he been on um, Ancient Aliens? Certainly possible. He looks Good. very familiar. I think he must have been on at least an episode of something because I, I 
I mean, he kind of looks like a chubby Jeff Meldrum, but um, the face definitely looks familiar. He may have been on that. I don't know. He's been around forever. Forever. So, uh... The gallery is empty, though. There's no pictures there. Surprised. Man, I gotta... Me some kind of dang coffee enema or something. <laughs> coffee will shoot right through you. It is a diuretic. It'll make you pee quick. Yeah. It's weirder when you drink coffee, though. It doesn't really feel like it. I don't know. It's hard. You feel it, but it's just weirder. And it takes about 30, 45 minutes before you start feeling the effects. And if you drink it real fast, you know, like an hour hour later, you're like, why am I all wired out? Oh, yeah. I drank that whole big thing. Well, now, if you take it in a pill or something, it's like real quick yeah i haven't done that in forever i can't I've do tried that the caffeine pills i don't like them because they make make me all wired out yeah those are no good you have to stay away from those they're bad mm-hmm. man that wild trees interview every time we have him on that thing's hit two hundred thousand. part two did and his first mm-hmm. one hit three hundred thousand on the archive cool i don't know what the deal is they must like his name or something I think Joe features. I know Joe features them for some reason, but that and probably because of the fact that we're talking about all kinds of stuff that's you know biology and Bigfoot related. It's not like you know none, none of us are speculating. Most of ours get ten ten thousand, but sometimes we get a lot more than that. Werewolf got nine thousand. Uh, let's see, some of the other ones. Steven Snyder on serial killers got eight thousand something. Wow. Uh, the wild trees, though. Every time that that weird uh, dark side of paganism got about nine thousand. Wild trees. Let's see where it is. Uh, tarot got about nine thousand. Wild trees. Hey, where the hell is that? That tarot deck was cool as hell. I'm glad I got one. Wild trees got two hundred twelve thousand hits. Wow. I'd have to find the other one, the first one, and see what that's up to. Well, it was at over 300,000, so it's got to be more than that by now. Yeah, that one hit 300,000, I think. Let's see. Here it is. Yeah, 357,000. Wow. I don't know how that even happened. Not bad. Somehow it gets featured. And I guess. A lot more people see it on uh, PayPal or whatever. I want to see the Weird Al movie with uh, the Harry Potter dude. He made a Weird Al Yankovic movie. Yeah, Daniel Radcliffe. Um, they were doing like the commercials for it, you know. And I'm like, who the hell do they get to play? And then he's like, you know, he starts talking in his English accent. He's like, I think all the things I've done up to this point made me ideal for this role. And I'm like. How did Harry Potter make you ideal to be Weird Al Yankovic? <laughs> and he's a good actor. I don't think he looks all that much like him. His face is too round, but I don't well, know. They, we'll do, see. they do pretty good. Daniel Radcliffe's been in some weird stuff. I've seen mm-hmm. some weird, weird movies with him in it. Weird movies, weird TV shows. But uh, there is a. One uh, movie that's really good. I need to find the name of it. 
we I don't feel at home in this world anymore. That's the name of it? <laughs> no, that's me having a confession. Oh. I don't feel at home in this world anymore, everybody. Please hold me. No, the movie's called I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore. It's got him in it. Some chick. She's in something. I don't remember what. But she's like a... It's funny because he has a rat tail and nunchucks in this movie. <laughs> His it's rat really tail good. is made out of nunchucks? Is that what you said? Yeah. No, that's Elijah Wood, not Daniel Radcliffe. I mixed it up. Yeah, Spider-Man. Eli Elijah Wood. Well, no... No, not Toby Maguire. Though this is a no Elijah Wood, Frodo, Frodo Baggins. I mean, the yeah, Hobbit. he was one of the, he was one of the Spider Man, wasn't he? No, Elijah Wood wasn't. Toby Maguire was. Toby Maguire, yeah, okay, all right. They're kind of similar in a weird way, but not. But uh, that's a good movie. though. It's weird. I haven't seen that in a long time. But he has a rat tail in it and nunchucks. And he throws Chinese stars, but it's funny. I hate those Chinese stars at somebody. Well, check that out. That sounds kind of funny. <laughs> this is some band called Saxon. Huh. Kind of metal band. Kind of British metal band that's like old or something. But, uh. Band. Huh? You've heard of I've it? I've actually heard of that band, Saxon. I've heard of it. I don't know if I remember. I might have listened to some videos of them or something. Anybody out there? Anybody listening? Hard Harry here. It's bigger than a baby's arm. <laughs> I don't have anybody in the chat. No, there isn't. Nobody in one, chat today. Yeah, there's one person on Facebook watching or whatever that one is. <laughs> Yeah, I'm getting, not able to see what's on Facebook. I don't know what that's from. Oh, it's on UFO Paranormal Radio. Joe. It's probably Joe. <laughs> Joe's watching us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we get most of well, most of our hits are somewhere else, but uh, on the 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 lines and the alignments. Christina's watching. You are. You're listening. Uh, you're not watching. Uh, listening. Uh. But anyway, uh, we get most of our hits on the archive. I don't know. Sometimes we get 700,000 live. That's through different, like, FM weird, weirdness. Yeah, I guess it depends on how much uh, radio advertisement he gives gives us for the shows, too. The yeah. more we get, the more and more viewers we'll get. You're listening to United Public Radio 10.7.07.7 FM New Orleans. That's right. I don't know, buddy. I feel tired as hell. Jay's going to sing now. No, I am not. <laughs> I'm not singing. <laughs> Did you work today? No, I was off, but um, I stayed up late and I woke up. You know, without like full five hours of sleep, so yeah, I'm not you know exhausted, but I'm not fully rested either. Bone works. Let's see here. Isn't that some weird VR game called Bone Lab? I don't know what that is. Pennsylvania, oh, Bone Lab, some weird game. 
Bone Lab. Yeah. Huh. Okay. <laughs> Bone Lab. I have no idea what it is. It looks weird. Let's see here. What other shows? Anything else? Uh, Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power was kind of... Uh, I liked it. Yeah, but it was abrupt. I like the really, dark, I like the evil elf. Yeah, I mean, you know, they got a bad elf in it, but you know, it just they they didn't. As far as I'm concerned, they didn't tie it up. There's real. I I have no idea what the whole plot is still. It's not yeah. over. Though. It's not over. Yeah, the season finale only had eight episodes or six episodes. It's basically just a prequel. You know, that's it. Right, but, mostly, but I mean, it's not. It's not like a limited series like Obi Wan. It's you know, it's supposed to well, go on main, for a while. But they the only main didn't. part of it was the Sauron reveal. Remember that? I don't want to give it away, but and then of course the Gandalf. But the main part of it, main plot was just the elves made the rings first, and then I guess the other ones will make them or whatever. What do they do? Get rid of them all, and only one survives. I don't remember what the story is of that. Well, yeah, but, I, but the way I understood it in the in the original book is he, he the elves didn't make them that he made them and then handed them out to the elves and the humans. And the yes, I thought everybody made rings. Everybody well, makes rings. rings, yeah. But the rings of power, he made you know nine for the dwarfs, seven for the humans, and three for the elves Who or did? whatever. Well, seven seven dwarfs, nine humans, three elves, whatever. Who but made them? Sauron. Sauron was supposed to have made them. Not why not would he the make them for them though? So he could control them. Oh, I don't know rank, what the hell His ring controlled all the other rings in that group. <laughs> it looked good to me. I liked it. Don't be listening to me in them right wing conservative videos. I see what they do to rings of power. Well, no, I, I like the movie. Just uh, I the show rather, but it was just abrupt. They didn't. I mean, from now I've noticed they, in a weird like bit shoot, there's a lot of right wing like little nerd bearded guys, and they like all are attacking it. Like, I don't give a crap yeah. about She-Hulk. They're attacking that, too. But they were attacking the crap out of Rings of Power. Like, just because like, I didn't like the fact that there was a like dark... Foaming at the elf. mouth, almost. Like, it's like, oh, dudes are crazy. Yeah, it was stupid. They didn't like the dark-skinned elf. You know, who cares? You know, so what? And, you know, if you read any of the books that came out after The Lord of the Rings, like the Silmarillion, which is mostly his research notes on making The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, the, the hobbits that become the hobbits of the Shire are in this show and they all have darker skin and they're, they're described in his books as having darker, ruddier skin, the biggest feet of the Hobbit races and like these big hairy patches on top. Um, and, and, so, and so far in no incarnation have any of them had extremely hairy feet, which is really weird. But other than that, that's, that would be my gripe. But people are mad uh, because the guy's got a black skin. Who cares? It's an actor. Who cares who got the job? Either I like it or turn it off. I like Rings of Power. I love the Peter Jackson ones, but yeah, the ones that are near and dear, the cartoons. Yeah, the Ralph Bakshi cartoons were. I still I have them on DVD. I've seen those tripping before. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, the Hobbit, that cartoon. Yep. There's the Lord of the Rings. And mm -hmm. There's a Return to the of the King. Which Return of the King. Yeah. Not the best one, but the first no. two are right. The, the Lord of the Rings one is—it's more like uh, what they call rotoscope. It's like live action, and then they paint yeah. over. It looks like a cartoon. 
Is that Ralph Bashy? Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's Ralph Bashy. Fritz the Cat. Yep. Same guy. <laughs> Watch Fritz the Cat if you want to see some cat dong. It's a, it's a, it's X-rated. <laughs> There's some sequels cartoon. to it. I've never seen them, but I saw them somewhere. I mean, I didn't see them, but I saw them. There. You, you can probably catch them on Pornhub or something like that. What? Pornhub has Fritz the Cat sequels? Well, not sequels, the originals. I've seen the first one, but I didn't know there were sequels. I, seen yeah, I don't know sequels. either. There might be. I don't know. Ralph Bashy made a bunch of weird movies. I like his stuff. That dude's yeah. still alive, ain't he? Or is he? I don't know. I have no idea, no. You ever see Fire and Ice? Yes. Long, long time ago. About wizards? Yep. I love that stuff. There's a bunch of good ones. We saw a good one, me and Christina Wendell and Wild, which is like a stop animation from Jordan Peele. The guy did Nope and Bay, and he did host Twilight, the new Twilight Zone, for a while, but that was pretty good on Netflix. It wasn't bad. Stop anim- I like stop animation movies. They can be good if they're done well. Yeah, Ralph Bakshi, born 1938, 84 years old. Looks like he's still alive. You gotta watch some stop animations, though, on the weed. Yeah, some, I think some of them are pretty good. You know, the, the Star Wars Hoth battle scene, that's really good stop motion animation. All those, you know, the, the snow walkers, those are all stop motion animation. There ain't nothing in there. Did you ever see James and the Giant Peach? <laughs> a long, long time ago, yeah. It's a trippy one. Uh, I wasn't really a big fan of of, of that the um, Tim Burton stuff. I liked his Batman movies, you but didn't like Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, I didn't, really wasn't a big fan of it. No, Ooh, couldn't care for man, it. Come on. What about uh, hey, what a, a Fantastic Mr. Fox? I didn't that? see that one. I, I've seen most of his stuff, but yeah. George, no, Fantastic Mr. Fox is by Wes Anderson. That's weird. It's oh. like. Bill Murray, and this is stop animation with animals. George Clooney's oh. a fox. That same guy did Owl, Island of the Dogs or Isle of the Dogs, another stop animation. You can just look up stop animation in uh, Google Movies and find a bunch of good ones. About Wallace yeah. and Grummet and all those. <laughs> Wallace and Grummet. I've I seen some of it on TV. I didn't really care for them either. Uh, Gilmore, the tour of the guy did Kevin Curiosity has a Pinocchio coming out soon. I definitely want to see that. I think it's wow. stop animation. That'd be a good one. This would be weirder, that's for sure. That's Guillermo del Toro? Yeah. Cool. That's coming to Netflix, I think, soon to check it out. See when that's coming out. Pinocchio. Yeah. Pinocchio. I, I did Gilmore. see a Pinocchio one with Tom Hanks. That was actually pretty good. I thought was it okay because I saw it had crappy reviews, which doesn't mean anything usually. But I mean, yeah, it was okay. I mean, it wasn't as good as the original, but you know, Tom Hanks. And you know, the whole time I was watching it, I didn't look at, I didn't watch the credits when it rolled up. But I'm watching, you know, Tom Hanks is playing Geppetto, and I'm like, you know, this guy sounds a lot familiar. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, it snapped in. I was like, holy cow, that's Tom Hanks. <laughs> he was unrecognizable to me at first, so. Apparently, uh, The Adventures of Pinocchio by Carlo Collati. Bill Grimsley's design from the 2000 edition of the 19, I mean, 1883 Italian novel. But this, yeah, Guillermo del Toro's new uh, movie is uh, 
stop animation. It looks like uh, Ian McGregor's The Cricket, Gregory Mann's Pinocchio, some kid, Ron Perlman, Podesta. I'm not sure who that is. Ron Perlman is the guy that played in... Um, uh, he was a uh, Hellboy. Yeah. Pinocchio receives a standing ovation at the close of it. When does it start? I want to see it. When does it start? Uh, December 9th. Oh, wow. What's it, what's it going to be on? Netflix. Oh, cool. Yeah, it looks good. It's an hour and 57 minutes. Nice. I was going to try to watch the Black Adam movie on... I think you can, I think you can rent it on or buy it on Netflix. It's twenty five dollars. I'm like, no, I'm just getting this. Charge me five bucks, like or twenty bucks, like you would at a ticket, you know, with free popcorn, and I, I'd watch it. But for twenty five dollars, no way. Twenty bucks with popcorn, yeah, I'd watch it. But they rent it on Netflix. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's twenty four ninety nine, and you have to buy it. It's not like I don't want to buy a digital copy. If I decide to buy it, I'm buying a DVD to go in. <laughs> My collection match up with the other Shazam movie I got. We saw an old cartoon called uh, Phantom Tollbooth. That's pretty good. We rented it. It's like from the 70s. That was trippy. It's yeah. on Amazon, but the Phantom Tollbooth. It's a cartoon. Yeah. It's a book, too, isn't it? Yeah, it sure is. It's a, There's a good cartoon of it on. I like old, weird cartoons. I kind of collect them. There's another good one we saw on Halloween when we did Pumpkin's Halloween Tree by Ray Bradbury. There's a good book, and then there's a cartoon that's real cool. Leonard Nimoy's like the weird villain that's bald and weird. Oh, wow. <laughs> but it's called The Halloween Tree. Oh, yeah. What's that weird stuff uh, reflecting on your wall? That, it's like you have a Eight spot space time continuum. Oh, yeah, it's um, <coughs> I forget what it's called. It's oh, yeah, a skylight, um, by Bliss Lights. And it's like, I don't know if you can see, it makes like a nebula, star, starscape kind of thing. What's it coming from? A little ball, it's a little, little black projector deal. Okay. I don't know if you can see that. We have one similar, but smaller, white, yeah. I think. <clears throat> I just thought well, it, it doesn't show up that well because of the lights, but I think maybe if I, if I put up like a movie screen there, you'd probably see it better. Is that a sword on your wall? A shield? Uh, the shield is my one of my family crests, and the other thing over there is the Sword of Omens at rest. And this is the Sword of Omens with the eye opened up. You can see, do do like the slight. Oh, Thundercats! Yeah, that's that. That's the other one up there with the hilt straightened out, so the hilt's not curled up like this. All right, that's what that's what the shield is. No, the shield is my family crest. One of them. Oh, from Scotland. The sword is a Thundercat sword, or your family the, sword. The sword is Thundercats over there, and then that's my family crest. How many Thundercat swords do you have? I have two of the daggers. <laughs> Two of the daggers. I'm gonna at some point. I'm gonna get. There's a full length one. It's like 46 inches long. I'm gonna get that eventually. 
<coughs> that's neat. Mm-hmm. And there's yeah. a Stormtrooper helmet over there, and my two one three fiftieth Enterprise models. They, they cancel that stupid cartoon they made of Thundercats. That was dumb. I hope so. Huh? Did they cancel that dumb Thundercats cartoon they made? You guys, I Not think the, they had yeah, they, the new they, one. They made a third one. It was like really anime-ish, just goofy. Stupid. I didn't watch it. Me neither. But hopefully they canceled it. I think they did because it just it wasn't anything like the original. It did, yeah, in fact, actually it. People suck. were complaining about it. So. Oh, yeah, it was terrible. It looked horrible. You want to do Thundercats, make it like the old cartoons, you know, or something. Or, or make a live action one would be actually better. Yeah, make a stock animation. <laughs> no, make a live action one. That would be much yeah. better. Too hard to do, though. No. Nah. No, well, no, I mean, they could do joke. it. They could do it, but I mean, I'm just saying with uh, all the creatures and stuff, you have to be careful with it for sure. You don't want Michael Bay doing it or some crap, that's for sure. No, you don't need too many explosions, but you, you do need someone who's good with makeup um, and you need some good digital um, crossover effects and stuff like that. It could be easily done, but it would be very expensive, but you could do it. Got some interesting Friday the 13th news, I just remember. Huh. The guy that did that show Hannibal, that was really good. That yep. NBC canceled it like a dumbass. Right. Uh, he's doing a Friday the 13th prequel show on Peacock, Brian Fuller. This guy's kind of a, he makes good stuff, but he kind of falls off the radar and gets fired and stuff. So I know Didn't he also he, did some stuff with either Superman or the X-Men. No, that's not the same dude, but I know who you're talking about. It's a different okay. dude. I'm pretty sure that's a different dude. Brian Fuller, not the X-Men guy. Wait, no, yeah, he's he does weird. He's a weird dude. I know you're talking about a different dude. I don't think he did X-Men, but that's one look. The Brian Singer. Brian Singer. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's that's the difference. Ryan Fuller looks weird. But anyway, looks like Charles Manson or something. <laughs> but anyway, he uh he did hand anything he does is good. He's supposed to do the interview of the vampire. It probably would have been better if he did it, but he always gets in trouble and gets fired and stuff. But he did Hannibal for three seasons and it had amazing reviews, but not enough viewers. But now he's doing I heard he's doing a Christina too. Some something with Christine, maybe a movie. Stephen oh, wow. King, he's redoing the Stephen King one, but with a car. But this is a uh, this is weird. This is Friday the Thirteenth prequel TV show, but there's been legal battles within the Friday the Thirteenth franchise between two individuals. Their names are in here. I'm looking at bloodydisgusting.com, bloody-disgusting.com. Have an article about it, but there's they're always talking about the lawsuits, but. Apparently, one dude owns Jason as an adult with the hockey mask. Yeah. And then another guy owns Jason, like retarded Jason and the mother. So, so there's all these copyright things. They couldn't get, I guess, Jason with the mask on this show, the adult version. So they're doing a weird prequel where I guess the mother and his family are alive in this camp. And I guess the little boy, Jason, will be there. And it'd probably be like Texas Chainsaw Massacre weirdo kind of stuff, but kind of stuff. 
but the show is going to be a prequel series. Yeah, it's, it's called. It's going to be I'm called looking Crystal. at his IMDb page right now. It's called Crystal Lake, and he's the creator. But he also did Star Trek Discovery, Star Trek he's Short Tracks, Science Animal. He did Heroes. He got fired off Discovery or quit. Either or. But he also did Heroes. <laughs> uh, he did Star Trek uh, Voyager and Deep Space Nine. So yeah, he's he's got some he's got some chops if he's on those shows. It's just kind of uh, I don't know how you're gonna do a Crystal Lake show without Jason and a hockey mask. I mean, well, because the first kid in the first movie it wasn't Jason wasn't the killer; it was his mom. The mom, yeah, I know. So I mean, you can he's easily good do though. He's a good. He makes the Hannibal show is amazing. It's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. But there were some sad. pretty messed up visuals on i mean some of the especially the like the like the visions that um the the that, uh, what's his face was having like the, the, the guy with the oh yeah the, face the, and horn, the, and the, the horn dog kept appearing to the weird FBI agent. and then some of the food that hannibal made with like human body parts were amazing mm -hmm. uh eddie is that weirdo uh dude that just like a woman was in it he gets eight and yep. uh that's good, but it. Well, it there's also that one scene. You watch where it, it will brain piss while you off. Alive. Remember that? Yeah, that was Eddie Izzard, I think. That was Eddie Izzard? Okay. <laughs> it's like this kind of gay dude, this comedian. That's yeah, he's a transgender you know, kind of dude. Yeah, but he. Uh, uh, if you watch Hannibal the three seasons and then you realize the way it ended that you're never gonna probably see it again, it would piss you off. Yeah, I, I was kind of I was upset about that because I mean they did the same thing to Star Trek. NBC did the same thing to Star Trek. They're stupid. Yeah. Sad, sad thing is, NBC's involved in this Crystal Lake, so he's going back to the vomit. They could have did another season and closed it, ended it, or something. The movie, or, or something. yeah, do it, do a closeout movie. It Get made me never want to watch NBC ever again in my entire life. Like I haven't. Like I don't watch anything on yeah, NBC. I, I haven't had cable for the last like ten years, so I've been doing nothing yeah. but streaming. So. I was very upset. I almost went to the NBC offices naked and said, "I am the Red Dragon. I am becoming," and went insane and ate them. I didn't do it. That's a good way That's to get what, locked up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> it's really good. I've read the books. I've seen all the movies. Yeah, the the first book is fantastic. I mean, I read it in like Red Dragon, Red Dragon. Yeah, Red yeah, Dragon. I read it in like twenty four hours. It was that it's that good. Really it's that good. well written. You ever book. see Manhunter? That old movie. It was first based. Yeah, on I've back got it in there. my DVD collection. Yeah. Yeah. Who's that dude now? Oh, Tom Noonan. Tom Noonan name. plays the dragon. Yeah. The dragon. That's an old good one. That's creepy. Yeah, it's from the eighties. It was, it was produced by the same guy who did um, uh, Miami Vice. And then uh, Thomas Harris Slope. He's like 80 or something, so I'll probably never see Hannibal again. I don't really know, but I, Silence of the Lambs was the bomb. I haven't read the Silence of the Lambs book, but I saw the movie. I have the book. I just never got around to it, but I've read all the other ones. Maybe I'll read it one year. I, I had the book, but I never got a chance to read it. But, you know, I know I won't now because most of my books got thrown away. Yeah. But man oh man well you got books that drizzle in there sometimes they don't send books out like they used to but it used to send me so many books i couldn't keep up with now they just kind of drizzle, drizzle yeah i've been getting in. kind of you know onesies twosies three at a time um the one that really got the, the thing that they sent that i really liked was that tarot deck set that, that yeah. you know the art of like like uh scooby's gang 
in there and other you know other recognizable you know creatures from you know hollywood horror yeah it's it a great set of and i don't know tara i don't you don't use them but it's just neat to have yeah all right everybody well we survived thanks for listening and uh i don't even remember who my next guest is next week let me look yeah, i didn't i didn't look at the website to see who we got coming up uh oh bernard beatman Beatman. it's like this dude that wrote a book on synchronicities oh yeah supposed <laughs> to be a good one synchronicity is like a doctor or something i don't know i'd have to i have to relook at that who's a doctor but the book's supposed to be good i've heard stuff good stuff about it somebody's anyway, probably smarter than both of us <laughs> yeah i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> all right well enjoy your time with the raging cajun talked to him on the phone earlier this week i had to ask him about time zones in alaska and stuff oh, but okay. uh they got confused the lady was confused too. There's weird stuff you have to, you know, when you do a show from Alaska, the time zone's going to get weird as hell. Yeah, it's like three or four hours behind us. It's like two different ones. One's five and one's three. So it's like two different time zones in Alaska that are weird. Yeah, and half of it's as close to uh, Canada's three, and then the, uh, the other half of the state's five. Especially All right, everybody. Well, have a good weekend, and thanks, Jay. Thanks, Raging Cajun, the Supreme JoJo. Thanks, Christina. My only audience member. <laughs> Plus the one on Facebook. Oh, two on Facebook. Oh, yay. Uh, we have other channels. All right. Everybody have a good weekend. Good night. Going to bed. Good night. <laughs>